Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome back to The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I'm Evan Arrington. I am your host for today. We are once joined again to my right by Daniel Dale. And on the phone lines today, we got Joe Kelly and Tanner Saunders. So us four are going to be rocking. We got two in the studio, two on the phone lines. We're going to have a pretty interesting action-packed show today. We're going to be diving into some NFL news, Madden ratings for receivers and tight ends. We're going to look at a little bit of the Sabres free agency 2022 class development camp. And, you know, we'll get into a little bit of summer league action. Uh, That just wrapped up the NBA summer league. And we'll probably get into... A uh, little MLB talk as well. Uh, Stan mentioned like tonight uh, the MLB uh, home run derby is tonight, which is always uh, you know a fun event. And then the All Star game is tomorrow. I know the um, the, the celebrity All Star game was just the other day. Yeah, it was. It was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, it's always it, it's always Brandon. funny seeing the clips uh, of the celebrity All Star game. Sorry, what, what were we gonna say, Joe? No, Brian Cranston kicking uh, and throwing stuff at the ump. It, it, it was something else. That's all I have to say. Yeah, and you know that that's always funny. Like you always have that one, that one celebrity that always like has fun with it, and that was Brian Cranston. Uh, he just you know had so much fun with it. You know that's that's nice to see the celebrities you know getting out there and you know really just making it not like just making like making more fun of it. That you know that's that's what like baseball needs is like just more fun to the sport. I thought it was pretty fun seeing JoJo Siwa absolutely destroy one of my favorite rappers. He hit an uh, inside-the-park home run on Quavo, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to you know toot my own horn, but I do have a little bit of uh, softball experience as I was playing uh, in the student versus staff softball game uh, just a couple months ago. Uh, my first up at bat, I, I, I went over 3. Uh, I got struck out. But oh, you went straight yeah. one, two, three. Yeah, my um, but my 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 next four at bats was pretty good. Hide it inside the park home run. Um, that was about it. <laughs> I had a couple RBIs. It. That's I mean, all you needed. Yeah, just a couple RBIs. That was it, though. I mean, I honestly like like celebrity like softball games are like the, the best thing to play in with just a bunch of people. Uh, when you just get them together and just like kind of throw an event, like those are the best. Just because like no one there is like crazy like, good at baseball, but, like, it's just fun just because, like, everyone's just kind of the same. You just have a great time. Right. Yeah, no, stop. Oh, go ahead, Dan. No, that was me. Sorry. It's like Micah Hyde's event. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like the Micah Hyde event. Like, obviously, like, Jordan Jordan Poyer got drafted the MLB. Um, Josh Allen, you know, was a really good high school baseball player but at the end of the day like all these guys are just there to have fun and they're just having a great time and that's what that's what I love about the the Micah High Charity softball event um and I don't know if you guys got to attend it this year but I was in attendance for it and it was great like it was just it's just cool to see all the guys you know building chemistry and just playing with one another but you know that that's what these events are for and it's great um I kind of wanted to just dive into the Madden ratings um for the wide receivers uh they're they're not as bad as they were in past years, but in my opinion, there was a uh, a few notable names that just did not get the treatment that that they deserved. Um, and it looks like the top twenty have been released thus far. Uh, do you guys want me just to start from twenty to one and just give yeah. give me yeah, your you reactions? Yeah. All right, I'll just just give me your reactions like just quickly and subtly. Uh, at number twenty, uh, Robert Woods is coming in at eighty six. 
Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I would I would say that's fair. Yeah, you know, coming off a year where he was injured most of it, an 86 I feel is fair. Uh, all right, number 19, uh, Mike Williams with an 86 overall as well. Definitely fair. Yeah, I, I I agree with that one. I agree with that. He should have like he better have like ninety nine spectacular catch and catch in traffic though. That's the only thing. He could be an eighty six, but those better be through the roof. Yeah, Mike Williams is jump ball machine. Uh, he had one of his best seasons uh, up to date this past year. Um, still at an eighty six, uh, number eighteen, Kelvin Ridley, the gambling man. I'm shocked they're even putting him in this game. <laughs> He's not even going to play this year, but it's like, hey, if you want to play with him, buy our game. Come on. No, if I'm a gambling man, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I think performance-wise, sure. But, yeah, again, surprised he's even in the game. <laughs> the, the, he, he's going to be just making, like, his own um, Madden League just so he can bet on himself. <laughs> just yeah, because yeah, he yeah. needs something simulation, to bet on. Yeah, simulation only, and he's going to start putting bets down just to cure the <laughs> hunger, you know. Oh, gosh. That would that'd be terrible. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> If Kelvin Ridley wasn't suspended, the trajectory he was going at as an NFL wide receiver progressing through the ranks, he could have even been in the 90s range. But, you know, this this uh, this suspension hurts him. And I feel like an 86 is fair. This is where the list just goes sideways. Um, coming in at number 17, 87 overall, arguably had the greatest receiving season by a rookie of all time. Number one from the Bengals, Jamar Chase. I feel like he could be a 90 if you really pushed it, if you really like went up to the devs and say, hey, make this guy a 90. Then, yeah, you can make him a 90. But, um, yeah. I mean, I always see him going up to an 89, and I know you'll talk uh, announce the other players at 89 later, Evan, but I, I think he's just straight up an 89. I mean, in my opinion... I think the dude should be at least like a 94 plus. That's just me. Um, there's no player. Yeah, I, think, in, I think above 90 just off of the performance of last season. Like, it know? wasn't like he just came into the league and had a, a, a simple, you know, 1,100 yard season, eight touchdowns, 87 catches. And, you know, he's a good route runner, not great, not great in traffic, not good after the catch. Like, Jamar Chase is literally the embodiment of what an elite receiver is. He's phenomenal after the catch. He's phenomenal catching in traffic, phenomenal jump ball receiver. He's got very good hands. He's a very good route runner. He's a physical specimen. Everything that a receiver should be elite at, he is basically elite at. And when you look at traits, Jamar Chase has it, and his production backs it up, taking the Bengals' offense from the worst, from the least explosive offense in the league to the most explosive offense in the league in just one season. Uh, Jamar Chase honestly might be the most explosive player in football. And I say that over Tyree Kill. He might not be faster than Tyree Kill, but that dude is just a big play wing to happen. He's basically a video game character on the field. So an 87 for Jamar Chase is just like straight-up disrespectful for me. I think uh, just based off of last year's performance, you could probably put him 90-plus, but then the legacy factor comes in because obviously, you know, he's just he's going into his sophomore season. That's his, you know, the one year he's had. Now, if he goes out and does that again next year, then absolutely he should be you know, mid to high 90s. But just based off of the fact that he's a rookie, I feel like that might play into it a little, little bit because, you know, if you put him in the 90s, there's going to be people that complain like, oh, you know, this guy's been doing such and such for how many years? And then this guy comes in, has one good year, and is automatically better. So, 
I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. Make him earn it. Earn earn your stripes. Yeah, and it's, it was the same thing with uh, Justin Jefferson the year before. All right, so also as an 87 is Brandon Cooks uh, from the Texans. Very fair. I think he had a good year with uh, Davis Mills as his QB. I, I think he deserves his 87 rating. He's he's done multiple 1,000-yard seasons uh, with different teams. He, he just seems pretty fair for where he should be. Yeah, one of them. I agree with that. I mean, he's been he's bounced around the league. He's been everywhere: New Orleans, New England, L.A., Houston. But he's been productive everywhere he's been. So you gotta. I think he's earned it at this point. That's pretty solid. He's one of the maybe one of the more underrated receivers in football. So that is perfectly okay with me. Yeah, yeah I mean, I had him on my fantasy team last year, and he got me some good points. I mean, I would I would definitely agree with that rating. I don't. I don't like Tanner said, he's productive pretty much anywhere he has been. So, Here's another one that fans are upset about, too. At number 87, A.J. Brown from the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, jeez. A.J. Brown? Uh, I mean, there's good and bad parts to it. I mean, you can make the case that he was injured for a little bit, so that brings his rating down. But also, you got to think, it's A.J. Brown? Yeah. He hasn't had that many great seasons. I mean, he's a big name. I'm not saying that he isn't, but I this seems pretty all right to me. I think that's fine. I mean, you look at A.J. Brown. He went over 1,000 yards in his first two seasons. He probably would have gone over 1,000 last year had he played, you know, the full slate of games. He only played 13. Uh, he's one of the best yards after catch receivers in the NFL. So I think 87 is, is fine. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I'm I'm a big yak guy, and uh, you know, like Tanner said, the yak the yak is has been consistent with him. So, I mean, not my not my favorite. Let's just say like favorite guy, but I mean, definitely, I think the rating's accurate. Yeah. Uh, then you got DJ Moore in '88. Ah, uh, this I, could be lower. This could be yeah. lower. Uh, this. Uh, yeah, bump them down to like an 86 or 87, I think. Put, a couple of those guys at 87 could definitely be above him, I would say. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. Yeah, in my opinion, the only two players that are below AJ, or that are below DJ Moore that could be above him um, is is uh, Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown. DJ Moore has been the model of consistency with elite traits, elite production, just not having the quarterback to get him the ball consistently. Um I think 88 is very fair for Moore, um, but there are some other receivers over him uh, and above Brown and Jamar Chase that, uh, you know, fans are, you know, kind of complaining about. And one of those receivers is at an 88 in Adam Thielen. I think this is great. I mean, he's a touchdown guy. I mean, maybe probably the stats on his long ball or his, you know, his speed isn't that good. But his end zone game, his end zone game is great. And and just think, you can't really complain because Minnesota does have one of the best two receivers, like receiver duos in this league. So I, this is not really uh, a problem with me. Probably just mad for all the Bears fans who are like, where the heck is uh, where the heck's to kill Harry? Come on, I want to see him. Yeah, cry Bears fans. I, I agree with Dan on this one. I, I'm fine with it. No. I don't. I don't see him really landing anywhere else. So, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think Adam Thielen's a little too high. He always became underrated. Now I think he's, in Madden senses, a little overrated. His production just hasn't been there the last two or three years compared to the rest of his career. But nonetheless, um, Debo Samuel at 89. That's fine because he, he'll he probably have a high uh, speed stat. So that's probably going to be the thing that's bumping him to 89. Because he definitely could be an 88 because I feel like DJ Moore is only an 88 because of his speed. Yeah, no, he's a quick guy for sure. Um, gives him a leg up on a lot of competition. So, that, yeah, I, Dan, I, I agree with you on that one. Dan, are you got any thoughts? Yeah, I'm good with that. I, I was still on DJ Moore. I think that's maybe like a point or two high, but DJ Moore is like a good player. He's gone over 1,100 yards past the past three years, but just doesn't get a lot of touchdowns. Like the past three years, he's had four touchdowns each season, so he doesn't get a whole lot. Thielen, I think, is maybe a point or two overrated, and Debo, I'm cool with it in 89. Yeah, I mean, if we're strictly going off a year-to-year basis, I feel like Debo could be higher. Uh the, the statistical year that that you know that Debo had was just straight ridiculous. Like it, it was undeniably ridiculous. What he did at the wing back position was just was just sensational. Um, yeah, he changed pretty much. Yeah, he changed the position. Uh, and you know, going back to like DJ Moore, he like touchdowns. Like I I don't feel like you know marking touchdowns is like the best way to like rate a receiver because like sometimes like the quarterback just won't throw the ball to you in the red zone like. Because, you, you know, the game plan or, you know, the offensive strategies might be like, okay, you know, this guy's going to get double covered in the red zone. He's going to be a decoy. You know, I mean, look at Julio Jones, for example. That guy never got touchdowns in the red zone, but he's undeniably a top three receiver of this decade, you know? Um, so, like, I don't ever use, like, touchdowns a way to mark how good a receiver is because uh, it's all, you know, cut and dry. Like, Adam Thielen's going to get more one-on-one targets in the red zone compared to Justin Jefferson just because Justin Jefferson's a better player than Thielen. Um you know, I know Thielen's great in the red zone, but still, like, he's going to have Well, secondary I think Thielen's corners. not the long ball guy. That's Jefferson. No, I'm saying, I'm saying in the red zone. Oh, you're like, like, saying in the red zone. Like, wise. like okay. Jeff- Jefferson's going to get double Oh, yeah, that he's not going to yeah, get Yeah, Thielen's going to get the one-on-one. Okay, now I see yeah. where you're going with So, like, okay. it's, it's like such a cut-and-dry thing because, like, in, in the red zone, like, who, who else is a receiving threat for the Panthers outside of Moore? Like, realistically. I mean, Anderson had a pretty good year the one year. He, yeah, yeah, but I'm he like, had a, like a realistic, like, yeah, I know I'm just saying, like, a realistic number two. Like, it's not like they have a, a guy, you know, like <laughs> that. They don't have a number two. They have, like, a solid guy He's in, a, in Anderson. He can be a number two. If he, if he gets the right QB, I feel like he could be a number two. Because you got to think, Robbie Anderson has been stuck with Sam Darnold, then Sam Darnold again. Now you got Baker, and I even forgot the QB for the Panthers within Bridgewater. That and oh DJ yeah, Walker. Bridgewater. Oh uh, yeah. So, yeah. So to step off of that factor, <laughs> you, you got DK Metcalf at an eighty-nine as well, tied with Debo. Uh, Metcalf? Eh. Eh. I I would like to see him a little lower. I think it's a fair rating for Metcalf. I, I'm not saying like I, a I whole two point. Like I, I'm just saying. I could see him at an 88 because they also released the speed stats for the wide receivers. He has 95 speed. That's a little much. I mean, he did uh, the Pro Bowl. I mean, I know Tyreek Hill had a a trippy start, I guess, but 
did beat Tyree Hill in that the race between the four. So I don't I forget who else was in it, but he was he was the champ. You know, he's he's got some speed behind him, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Like another thing, another some other receivers on there. Uh, Chris Godwin at an eighty nine as well. So he is tied with uh, Metcalf and Samuel. Hmm. I'm fine with Godwin and Debo. I think Metcalf maybe could be a point lower. I mean, he's been productive, but you know, he's also had one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL as a quarterback for his entire career, being Russell Wilson. So. This next year will be the litmus test to see if DK is really that guy or, you know, his numbers are, you know, a bit inflated just because, you know, he's got the speed to pretty much run by any DB in the NFL paired with, you know, the best deep ball thrower in the league. So we'll see about that. But as far as the Godwin being an 89, I'm fine with that. That's good with me. Yeah. um, No, looking looking at it now, like I think Chris Godwin – is has a perfect rating in my opinion. Uh, you know, last year, you know, he dealt with injuries, but when you're looking at this guy's whole career in the shell of things, he he's just a model of consistency as a receiver. Uh, playing in the slot, being able to be a downfield threat, an enabled blocker, a uh, great player after the catch, one of the most reliable catchers in football, uh, just one of the most like nitty gritty receivers in the league. Likes to play the physical game. He's just a great overall receiver. Like you can't ask more out of Chris Godwin. So you know, Chris Godwin at 89, I'm completely fine with. I'm a little mad at this. I, I could see him definitely at 90. I, I think it's a little unfair in some ways. But he has been injured a lot. Uh, so it, it's like he's on the edge. He's an 89. So yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, there's there's players on this list that have been injured but, are, like, have ratings. Like, like uh, Adam Thielen's been a little injured over the last three three years. He's missed a combined, like, 12 games. But... You know, he's there because, you know, he's a good player. Like, it's hard to, like, just kind of mark players on ratings because of injuries. You're, like, you're rating the player, not rating an injury. You get that? Like, you know? So when we look at this next player, this is an interesting one. Uh, Michael Thomas at a 90. Who's... No. No. Why is he a 90? I get it. He had one great season. But he's been a whiner, a complainer, and an injury stars since like last season the beginning of last season why is he a 90 this is one of those madden ones where it's like oh yeah we give him benefit of the doubt because he had such a good year one year like bro all he did was ran slants he ran slants all the freaking time what what is he gonna do he deserves a 90 for that no that one's just that one's just a legacy rating because obviously he hasn't seen the field since 2020 but that four-year run that he had to open up his career you know 470 catches 5,500 yards 32 touchdowns like that alone gets in the 90s so that one's just a legacy rating just given what he's done yeah no it's it's definitely I mean he hasn't seen a field like it's it's more off of like Evan said the the one season he did phenomenal and you know they're just kind of going off of it hoping that it's like you know still accurate but I yeah, mean, I don't know if I'd have him that high, but I mean that one season, sure, you know. Yeah, you know when you're looking at the full stretch of things now, we're inside the top ten, um, and this is where I want you guys to kind of guess because just remember some of the receivers that I mentioned um, in the top twenty. At number ten, who do you guys think cracks the ten spot? Hmm. So it's got to be someone low nineties. Um. Is it Allen Robinson? That's no. My guess. 
No. Mm. If Allen Robinson cracked the top ten, people would be outraged with his 495 yards last year. I don't I think know, that was his again, fault, that's though. The thing. I know. Kind of similar to Thomas. I'm shocked he wasn't in the bottom t- 20. I, I'm shocked. I, I really thought Robinson would make the list. Um, would it be... You, want, you, want, you guys want hints? I'll, can I take a guess real yeah, fast? Yeah, go for I it. I want to say... Keenan Allen? No, he is in the top 10, but you he's You're not close. number 10. You're close. Let's just say that. Oh, can I guess again? Or am I off yeah, go for it. If not, we'll just get... Uh, all right, Amari Cooper. Yeah, Amari Cooper is the number 10 receiver on this list at a 90 overall. Uh, it's... I'm, I'm not mad about that. I mean... I mean, it depends how you look at it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not really something to be mad at, but it's not something to be like, oh my God, this is like so great. He He was okay. I don't know. I I don't really have thoughts about that one that much. Yeah, he had kind of a he had kind of a down year last year, but I feel like people sleep on Amari Cooper a little bit. Like when he's healthy and on his game, he is one of the best route runners in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I I can see. I'm I'm not necessarily upset about it, you know. But I mean, I can see why some people would say like keep him out of the top ten for sure, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, uh, I don't think I don't think Amari Cooper is a top ten receiver, but having him inside the top ten ratings, it's fine. Like, there's not much you're gonna do. Um, no. So, uh, who mentioned Keenan Allen? I did. All right. So, Joe, coming in at a number nine spot is Keenan Allen at a ninety one. Uh, I wasn't too far off. At least that was only one. You know, one <laughs> one off. But yeah, I mean, I I the season he had was you know. It was great with Herbert, you know. So, and having a star quarterback like that, I assumed it was one, one, you know. It's like how you get stacked up a little bit by the guy, you know, you're up higher because of the quarterback you have. So, that's just kind of where my mind was at, thinking top ten. But I'm glad I wasn't too far off. No, you were nine. Nine's not that far off at all. Uh, this this one doesn't really shock me. No. Madden has liked Keenan Allen. It's like how much they like the Browns. They over they always overrate the Browns. Yeah, you know, Keenan Allen at nine, respectable. He's one of the best third down receivers in football, if not the best third down receiver in football. You know, that that's that's impressive and his route running is phenomenal, his hands are there. Uh he's been doing it for a long time with either Phillip Rivers or Justin Herbert. So coming in at nine is perfectly fine. Uh coming in at number eight, ninety ninety one overall, Terry McLaurin from, from Washington. No. No, just no. I get it. McCorn's great. This is a more name than production, I think, rating. This is more like, oh, Terry McCorn's like the best guy on Washington. We got to give Washington something, so here you go. Like, the, probably when the defensive ends come out, Chase Young will be high up, too. So, I, this is just like uh, pity points. For Washington, like, we don't want to make you too bad, but, you know, this is, like, the only good guy on your team. So, here, 91. I mean, <laughs> come on, though, Dan. you got to give him some credit. Like, I mean, the guy's putting up numbers, and he's catching passes from, you know, Taylor Heineke and whoever the heck else that's been in Washington's quarterback room for the past, 
two years. So, I mean, you got to give him credit in that regard. Yeah, that, that credit were credit too, for sure. Yeah, you know, Terry McLaurin has been the model of consistency as a receiver in this league. You know, he hasn't had those eyeballing numbers like some of the elite receivers in the league. But at the same time, if he had that quarterback, what would his numbers be? I'm not saying he'd be top five. But realistically, he would have those 12 to 1,300 to 1,400-yard seasons. He's got all the traits that an elite receiver has. It's just the production isn't there. You know, because when you look at his quarterbacks, they just aren't up to par with some of the other guys in the league. Most elite receivers have really good quarterbacks. The best quarterback that, you know, Terry McLaurin has played with has been, what, Alex Smith off a career-ending injury? Yeah. Like, like realistically, that's, that's yeah. his best quarterback. And that's not a shot towards Alex Smith. That's just saying, like, Alex Smith just wasn't a good quarterback anymore. Like, he just wasn't. His, his second back, best quarterback has been playoff. Uh, oh, what's their backup? I'm Taylor thinking, Heineke. Oh, my God. Playoff Taylor Heineke. But has now, been this will be interesting. McLaurin's going to get the ball because he's playing with Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz is going to throw him the rock. Well, well, if he can get no, it. He'll get, he'll, get, he'll get him the ball. Once well, Wentz, Wentz is a. Uh, a quarterback that will just give him the ball. Like, he's going to get the ball. Like, just one one way or another, they might not be the most catchable patches, but McLaurin can make catches outside his frame. All right, uh, we got a few minutes before we're going to break here, so let's just cycle through the top seven. Mike Evans a 92. Quick thoughts? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I'm not mad. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, he's been... I mean, what? He's gone over 1,000 yards his first seven seasons. So... I think it's eight yeah, now. fair. Just light work. Yeah, like, he, he's phenomenal. Um, Here's where the list... Gets really shaky in a lot of people's eyes. At a 93, Justin Jefferson, number six. Uh, that's fair in some ways. I mean, it, there, there's been people who overhype Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson is like, you know, top 20. But he, he's definitely around that top five range. So it's it's yeah. fine. Yeah, I would probably bump Jefferson up to like a 95, 96. That's just me. Uh, he's you know, only gotten better, and he had two phenomenal, great years to his career. Uh, so that's just me. Um, here's our guy, number five, Stefan Diggs, coming in at a 95 overall. Uh, I feel like that's a fair rating for Steph Diggs. Uh, you know, 1,400, 1,500 yards with the Bills his first year. A little more of a down year the past, the, f- the following year, but, you know, 95's fine with me. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I'm pretty yeah, happy fine. with this. Yeah. I'm a little biased. I would say like 97, but 95 school. We'll bump that up as the season goes on. Yes. Um. Here's another one that fans are a little dishappy with. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at a 96, and the only reason fa- why fans are unhappy about it, it's not that because of the player. It's just because he was injured most of the season, and you know players like Jefferson and, and Diggs, who have probably been better than Hopkins over the last two years, just got kind of shadowed under him, and, and Hopkins just, you know, again, was injured and just wasn't the same player he was. I still think he's a top six receiver in football, but he Mr. I don't take peds. Okay. Okay, what are you doing above dicks? I, I, you, you never taken performance enhancing stuff ever. Oh my God, this is such a no, shocker. Go down to one. 90, you stupid Hail Mary catching machine. Just go down. I hate you. I hope that you never have to catch another ball. I hope that your leg gets hurt because then I never have to see you in Madden again. I had enough of you, DeAndre. 
Be right. a 90. Know where you're at. Shut up. All right. Uh, it seems like Dan doesn't like DeAndre Hopkins. I don't. Um, well, I don't either, honestly, but... I, I don't. I, I hope, honestly, when he comes back after his leave and they test him, I hope he eats a poppy seed bagel so they get drugs in his system. You know? <laughs> Jeez. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that, at that point, he, I'm not a fan of him, personally. I think when you don't just sit there and own up to your own mistake, I, I, I personally, you know what I mean? Like, you know you did it, just say it, be the bigger man, and just get what you know how to do. Oh, I like, didn't you like you're suspended six games. You didn't appeal it. So you know you're wrong. Don't exactly. act like it you're the victim. Up, it will still up, end up being more than Deshaun Watson. But uh, <laughs> coming in at number three is uh, Tyree Kill 97. I don't think there's really any argument there. Tyree Kill 97. Yeah. He's yeah, done he it for can, a long time. He's the video game character. You, you need him high up to make it fun. Um, This is an interesting one. Number two, Cooper Cup. He uh, 98 it. overall. He not a 99. It. I feel like I thought that Cooper Cup would have got the 99. Just because, like, the, the season he had, no oh, one's ever done Oh, he had the second-best season that receivers yeah, ever had. I was kind of banking on him being 99, but that didn't end up being the case. So, well, I, mean, we, I, I mean, I think the 99 is more name than, like, looking at what he's going to do in the future. And, and I don't think it's uh, questionable to, to name the number one receiver in football and 99 overall that it's the new uh, Las Vegas Raiders number one, Devontae Adams. This is just more because, oh, you came off a season with Rodgers, so we'll give you the 99 for one more season. It will probably go down as, you know, season goes on or if, you know, next year if they decide not to take him down, which I would be shocked by. But he'll he's at the 99 for right now. Let him enjoy his time with his gold jacket, with his, his uh, spray-painted gold jacket, and then, um, you know, He'll he'll be down to a ninety seven once the season starts. Yes. All right. Uh, that was you know the top twenty receivers in Madden. We can take a little bit more look at some of the other ratings throughout throughout the show. Maybe a few more get leaked that we can talk about. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break on ninety one point three FM WBNY. Well, Manov will send this one up the gut. Oh, trying to take a move there, and Dauphin is taken down by Labushkin. Power play. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I'm Evan Harrington. Once again, I will be your host for this show today. We are still joined by Daniel Dale over to my right and on the phone lines. We still got Joe Kelly and Tanner, Tanner Saunders. That cut right there was from Ilya Shabushkin, Labushkin, uh, one of the Sabres' free free agent acquisitions in this year's free agency class got him from Toronto on a nice two-year contract and he is a right shot defenseman a big body defenseman that led Toronto in shots blocked last season he is a a player that has been much needed for this Buffalo Sabres decor going to be paired up most likely with either Rasmus Dahlin Matias Samuelson or Owen Power um, you know to fill up our our, uh, defensive depth chart Uh, Dan Joe Tanner what were your guys thoughts on uh Ilya Labushkin as you know, one of the more named players that the, the Sabres acquired in free agency. Um, when I when I first saw this move, I was like, okay, who the heck is this guy? Um, because I I remember hearing his name during the trades, um, the trade deadline, and I was like, okay, well, he's from Arizona. Nothing comes out good out of Arizona, so that's great. But he's coming from Toronto, so you know. Toronto's different than Arizona, so I'm only focusing on the Toronto part. 
But um, once they started looking and, you know, they said he led the team in hits and blocked shots. And he, he seems very aggressive, which is good for the Sabres. Sabres needed that aggressive guy. They had that kind of with Sam, Samuelson um, this past year. But, you know, I don't think it was enough. Um, they still could have been a little bit more aggressive, but they're they're getting more aggressive as the as the years go on because the younger guys are now getting like okay we gotta start hitting people if we want to compete so they're they're going full throttle. Um, I is it a good move? Yeah, is it a great move? No, because this guy keeps on every time I I think of it. Everybody who wanted this guy gone back when he was a Buffalo Saber. Rasmus Ristolainen. I, I mean, maybe he's a smarter guy. Maybe he's has more game knowledge. Maybe he didn't go to Philadelphia and decided to sign a five-year deal with them. Um, but I, I I just can't get over that. It just seems like a Ristolainen 2.0. Yeah, no, when you when you look at this, and, and uh, Joe and Tanner, you can jump on, on this in a minute. When you look at Ilya Labushkin, he's more of a stay-at-home defenseman. Like, Rasmus just the line, and he, you know, always wanted to jump up in the offensive play, and he'd always make the mistake. Like, Labushkin is a literal physical presence. Rasmus just the line, he was just a physical presence without any brain cells, so he just didn't know when to use his physical presence. He was just kind of going to hit guys to hit guys. Like, the puck could be in the corner, and just the line, and hitting the guy at the far blue line. Like, there's just no, you know, connection to what just the line was doing. Like, but Labushkin will stand guys up in the neutral zone, will stand guys up in the D zone. He will stand guys up and be a physical presence so that guys will play lighter going into the corner. You know, if Labushkin is hitting guys, you know, knocking them on the rear end, they're not going to want to come up to Labushkin in the corner. They're not going to want to play as physical as they can with him because they know that, like, hey, if I get too physical with this guy, I'm going to get thrown around like a rag doll. (laughs) Like, like, that's the physical presence that you need. Like, Matias Samuelson did that. Rasmus Dahlin is beginning to do that. Mm-hmm. Owen Power, when he gets into his NHL body, he can start to do that. Um, and there's other players on this team as well, like you know, that just can do that because they are just big bodies. Um, and it's nice. And it's not like we kind of need this too because a lot of our guys, like Dahlin, Yoki Haru, Bryson, Power, are guys you know who can play physical, but have a little more offensive upside and can skate. We need a, a legit stay-at-home defenseman that is just a physical presence uh we kind of had that in Zach Bogosian a little bit but like Zach Bogosian just wasn't there as the player like he, he was good like he, he played you know good sixth and seventh minute d, d minutes for the uh Tampa Bay Lightning but like I, I think this would be a, g- a good signing uh overall and I, and I like it for Buffalo uh Joe Tanner were your full thoughts yeah I mean honestly you look at it you need that physical defenseman like that and I would love to see him paired up with Owen Power I just think it would be such a dynamic duo like so like People would be scared. They'd be they'd be quaking in their boots, in their skates, if you will. If uh, you know, just you need a John Hayden, not the same position, of course, but you need someone with that type of brutal, you know, like I'm going to fight you if you cross me, you know, kind of physicality. And I think that's what we're getting here. Tanner, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm with all of you guys. I heard Joe mention John Hayden. That made me upset a little bit that they didn't bring him back. But I like I like this signing here, Mister Ilya. Labushkin, he's coming off all of uh, career highs in pretty much all the defensive uh, categories. And like you guys said, we have, you know, good scoring defensemen, particularly Darlene. So bringing in a guy that's just going to, you know, 
stay home and just be a big physical presence and intimidator, especially after we lost kind of our de facto enforcer, John Hayden. I think, you know, it's a good signing. And plus, he's, you know, 28 years old on a two-year deal. So, you know, we can pair his services with Owen Power for multiple years if need be. So, you know, it's I, I like it. The whole Sabres offseason I like for the most part. I think, uh, you know, they didn't hand out any long-term deals. They just brought in some veteran stopgaps, and, you know, this is one of them. And I think it's got, you know, more upside than just a veteran stopgap. So I think good move. I mean, Kevin Adams, he must, he must either listen to the show himself or have business associates listen to the show because they did just about everything I said they should. They got – you know, kind of a veteran defenseman. They brought back Olafson. They brought back um, Kenestroza. So I, I was pretty happy with their offseason, and this signing was no exception. Yeah, and their offseason is only going to be beginning. And before we dive, you know, more into their offseason and development camp and, you know, NBA Summer League later in the show and, you know, more about the MLB All-Star game, I just want to let you guys know that we are not going to be taking callers for today's show. forgot to mention that earlier in the show just because we Dave. do have— we, sorry, Dave. It's because we do have Joe and Tanner on the phone lines today, and we have two phone lines. And you know, you know, we cannot be accepting callers because if not, we might have to boot Joe or Tanner off the show. Uh, we do not. Hold wanna... on, Joe. Can I ask you a question, sir? Yeah, go ahead. What's What's going on? You mentioned in the uh, in the boys group chat, the the Snapchat group chat the other day, that your Achilles is dang near torn. What What's going on? And that's why. You know, you couldn't come in because it's your driving foot. So what's going yeah. on? How, what happened to the Achilles there? So, of course, it's my right foot. Like you said, I can't drive. I'm just, I'm just grounded pretty much. That's what it feels like. <laughs> and um, I don't know. Um, my feet, I'm going to get, I'm going to get not graphic, but I'm just going to, I have really flat feet. And I guess that mm. pro, those are prone to Achilles injuries. And mine just started turning purple. Because mm. I work as a lifeguard on a beach over the summer, so I, we do a lot of running barefoot and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Baywatch. So I probably tweaked it and then just kept kept on going, and then there it was, all of a sudden purple, and I'm like, I should probably get this checked out. Walked in with a sinking feeling that I'd be coming out with something, and now I've got a big boot on my right foot for the next couple weeks. So, mm. you know, that's the way, the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, so... Evan but, said... Unfortunately, I'm on my driving foot, so that's the problem here, but, um, you know. Joe, I just had a quick question. When you yeah. are working this lifeguard job, do you run up and down the beach like a Baywatch lifeguard? Like, do you have the music behind yeah. you and the hair flowing? Yeah, well, like, like, do you just look like Zach Efron running through the yeah. sand? <laughs> I always say I look like bad Baywatch just because of, you know, I'm not, 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 I don't look like that. You know well, I mean, I'm now with the boot, you're going to look weird. It's going to be like you're waddling there instead of running. He's going to be like jumping like he's on the moon with like. Because he's like, you know, lifting that foot up a little bit. You just kind of imagine that. <laughs> the people uh, are going to ask, do you need help or does he need help? We can't tell anymore. Yeah. I'm sitting up there. Someone's drowning. I just got to wave someone else in. Can't do it. Sorry, someone else <laughs> has to go and save you. <laughs> you got to do your job. Go. <laughs> yeah. Now oh, I'm wow. off of work and I think for two, like a couple weeks. So, yeah. Yeah, no, before. So another thing, uh, by the way. If you guys are listening and you cannot listen on the radio, uh, you guys can listen on, to us on the radio FX app. Uh, you know, share us. You know, tell your friends, your family, your loved ones to listen to us. We're trying to get as many listeners as possible. And when our phone lines are open, we will. You know, we love to have different kind of fans 
interact with us, whether that's Mr. Smith, Dave Not from Ted's. We love interacting with the fans uh, that call in. And today, obviously, we cannot accept callers. But in the near future, you know, get as many people that you know to listen to our show because we enjoy it. Uh, after the show, we always talk about the callers and just the fan interactions because it really, you know, makes our day and makes the show more, more enjoyable. So if you can't listen to us on the radio on 91.3 FM, you can listen to us on the Radio Facts app, and your call sign will be WBNY. Uh, so let's take another deep dive into the Sabres free agent, free agency pool. They signed a goaltender, not one of the top goaltenders in free agency, but nonetheless a solid goaltender that is going to be paying dividends, in my opinion, for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, 2013 draft pick out of Winnipeg, second round pick, 29th, 29th pick, 59th overall. Eric Comrie, who was the backup goaltender last year for Winnipeg, but he isn't like a normal backup. He's a backup with upside. And we signed him to a two-year contract, $1.8 million per season. So it's nothing that the Sabres are going to be like digging themselves into a grave deeply and are going to be regretting. He's 27 years of age. He fits the current timeline of the Buffalo Sabres. He, you know, at points in times has played like a very good NHL goaltender. It's just the pointer time, you know. Can he can he live up to being a, a, a good a good starter? Well, I, I'm looking at his stats, and you know he spent his first year, three years with Winnipeg, barely did anything. You know, played one game, won one game, played three games, won one, lost two, um, and then one game, lost one, and then he went to Detroit. You know, not not the greatest situation there in Detroit. Uh, like older sports teams. Uh, so, you know, two losses there, kind of expected. But they went to the Devils, and I feel like this was the turning point for him. And I get it, if you look at the Devils, which is 2020-2021, it's one game, you know, not much is shown. But 33 shots were on him. He allowed three goals, um, and it, he saved... The other 30, which is a 909 save percentage, which is pretty good for at least one game. That was kind of like a UPL game, let in three goals and then stuffed them. Um, and then this past year with Winnipeg, he went back. Um, I, I'm shocked with the season he had, even as a backup. I mean, 10 wins, five losses, one overtime loss. I mean, 550 shots, 44 goals, that's a 2.58 goal, um, goals allowed per average, and then uh, .920 save percentage. I mean, that's really impressive for a guy who, before this year, hasn't really looked that good. He he hasn't either had the chances or he hasn't been tall enough, but whatever happened this year, he just went out there and said, screw it, I want to be like you know, one of the top goalies. He has a huge upside for his career, but he also has a pretty big downside. I mean, this could just be his one-year wonder. And next year, you know, we're going to have to have Anderson starting all the games again because both Tukarski and Dell are off the free agent market, shockingly. Um, you know, so... You just got to hope this guy works. That's kind of like the hope right now. It's like we need a goaltender. You won't be the longest here because we have like three or four other goaltenders in development camp. So you're here for a little bit. Show the people what you can do. Hopefully you can have a winning record with us. So please just do what you need to do. Well, yeah, and when you look at Eric Comrie, he's not here to 
you know, play 50, 60 games. Um, I would say the Sabres kind of want Anderson to play around 30, Lukanen maybe 15. So, you know, you're at 45 there. So, Comrie, you're going to be asked to probably play a majority of the games, if not the most, just because you are, like, right there. You're, you're a lot, a lot, a lot younger than Anderson. Oh, and yeah. Again, you have, you know, you played 15 games in a season, 16 games in a season. You had a really solid record. Uh, if he can continue to play like that and have a sustainable 500 record for the Sabres, I wouldn't be surprised if Comrie played 35 to 45 games for the Buffalo Sabres, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I mean, I will be a little unhappy if they do do a three-goalie, like, rotation. And the only thing with that is is because i'm expecting one of the three to get hurt again because that's how the sabers work i mean i feel comfortable with the three goalie rotation just because you don't know like the uncertainty with anderson like he i'm not i i hate to say this but like he can kind of just go down at any time he is oh, 41 he can also just retire at yeah, any time yeah i don't think he's gonna retire but i just think he can just literally get injured at any point in time 41 years of age playing for the Buffalo Sabres, not the best team in the NHL. You'll be playing, facing a lot of shots, a lot of tough angled shots. You have to be stretching around the goal crease, post to post. There's a chance that he could stretch a girl and get injured. That's what happened to Lukanen. Yeah. I mean, Lukanen already had bad hips to begin with, but playing for the Sabres, I mean, there was a six-game stretch where the guy was playing out of his mind. Lukanen was only allowing, like, two goals a game. Like, that's what I'm saying. Another and People need to realize, if Lukanen can stay healthy, right, I don't want to be, well, he can't, I want to hope he can stay healthy just oh, for yeah. this point. If Lukanen can stay healthy, there is a chance that Ukapaka Lukanen, UPL, can be a very, very good NHL goaltender. And I know that he has a small sample size in this league. But when I watched him play for the Buffalo Sabres on a disrupted defensive core and just going through you know, the ups and downs with our young coach and Don Granado and really trying to figure ourselves out, in that one point of the season when Anderson went down, Lukanen came in for a six-game stretch and allowed about two goals or less in those six games, each game. And I that was the first time I have felt very comfortable with the Buffalo Sabres goaltender probably since stretches uh, with Linus Olmark. And look where look at where it got Linus Olmark a six a five-year six-year contract worth five six million dollars a year. Like, it's a good goaltender. Like, I think Lukanen can be a very good goaltender in this league. I just think he needs to stay on the ice and get into his groove. Uh, he could be a good goaltender, though. And, you know, Comrie, Eric Cromney, I hope he could be good, too. I, I, I think it's there. Like, you know, you know, he's played six seasons in the league, but really only just one season to begin with with the Winnipeg Jets. It's just, can he, can he, you know, can he do it? And I, I think he can with this approved decor. There's still some free agents on the market that the Sabres are tied to. It's just, you know, kind of bringing it all in. You're praying for new free agents if you're if you're a Sabres fan. I, I get it. I like the moves for Olsen. And I was surprised by the Hannah Stroza re-signing. Just yeah, as I was surprised about as well. I did not expect Hannah Stroza to be re-signed. Neither did I. I really thought they were going to let him walk because you have Quinn and Paterka and all these other guys who could be moved up in within this year. And it's like, we're, we're keeping him? What, what what do you mean we're keeping him? The only goals he really scored were like when the goalie couldn't fill the pocket in between the post and himself. Um, it, that Toronto game. Oh, oh. Um, he, like I feel like he only did good against Toronto. That that was my <laughs> thing. Um, but 
I'm waiting for that big free agent move, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and it's taking forever. And I, I've kind of had enough because it's like you had a chance at Goudreau. He somehow signs with Columbus. Who goes to Columbus on their own free will? I mean, it, it, was there something pointed at his head that I cannot say on air? Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it, it's not that water great. Balloon? What? Was it a water balloon? Uh, sure, yeah. We can call the wa- water balloon was uh, was covering something else up. Um, you know, Kemper. Kemper went to Washington. And I know Washington is good. But Washington also signed a backup, which now has one of the best like goalie rooms that I that may be like there. Um Bobrovsky went to Seattle. Another guy. Who goes to Seattle? Who? Who John Hayden, apparently. I, I guess. And um <laughs> You know, I, I'm just shocked by some of these signings. I mean, like Colin Miller got signed. Yeah, who, by Dallas. Yeah, he went to Dallas. Okay. Who did okay, sure, yeah. I'd rather you would have traded for him, Dallas. You Stupid Dallas. Um, Dallas is stupid in every sport. Yeah, uh, guys, Johnny Boychuk's still available if you want to resign him. <laughs> you know, I, I, I saw... He's only uh, 38 and a half years of age. I, I saw a post uh, from everybody's... I, I think one of the most... Uh, the oldest, probably, uh, left-winger, right-winger. I forget where exactly he plays. Uh, Yamon Jaeger. He tweeted out, hey, uh, NHL teams... I, I'm a free agent. I'm 50 years old, though. So you want to sign a 50-year-old? I, my line's open. And everybody's like, okay, that's good for you. If the Sabres were trying to make a like a legit cut push, that, we needed a guy to throw out our fourth line. That would be a Sabres signing to me. If we needed a guy just for our playoff run, bring him in. <laughs> that would just be a Sabre thing for me to um, do. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure right now some of the uh, new Sabres are meeting with the media. And uh, this was treated... Uh, tweeted by Lance Lasowski um, about Labushkin. The Sabres' level of interest in Ilya Labushkin led the Russian defenseman to sign. He said he always impressed. He was always impressed by the Sabres' effort when facing them with Arizona and Toronto. Henestroza texted Labushkin when the contract was signed. They played together uh, in Arizona, uh, and then this is what Ilya Labushkin uh, said on joining the Sabres' defensive group. They will help me, and I can help them. I can see how skilled, and they can see how how I play physical. Uh, so you know that's 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 great to see that that Labushkin sees how skilled this defensive core is. You know, with all our defensemen, because we have a lot um, of skilled defensemen on this roster, whether that's in our prospect pool uh, or on the current roster right now, there is a lot of guys. Um, another player that I kind of want to talk about that got re-signed by the Buffalo Sabers is defenseman Lawrence Pilot. Yeah. 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 Here, Joe, Joe, if you I wanna... was going to bring it up, but I'm like, oh, I know exactly where he's going next. Yeah, go so for I... it. It's all you, Joe. Floor is yours. No, I, I mean, on my podcast, I've been talking about this for weeks. As soon as that news broke that it was, you know, possible, like he was trying to terminate his contract with KHL, I was very excited that it's just, you know, we, I'm, I'm very much looking. I'm kind of at a loss for words because I thought I didn't think it was actually going to happen when that rumor came out, and now it and now it did. Now it's here, so it's just really cool. Yeah, no, I, not, 
I really like him. I, I think it was a, a mistake for the Sabres to let him go to the Russian League. Because I was like, oh, he has so much upside. He could be so good if we just keep him. So I'm glad to see him be like, I want to be with the Sabres now. I, I want to be back. And they're they're meshing together. It's like, oh, my God, people want to, like, people who are prospects want to come here. Except yeah. for that one guy who fake smiled on live TV who is, who is still like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I think we talked about that last week. I know. Uh, it's a picture. Cool. It's a picture, It's Dan. a picture. Dan, it is a picture. Who was that? Was that? Which one was that? Oh, who was? Was that our, was that our second first-round pick? Yeah. No, Ausland? Yeah, Ausland. Yeah, yeah. Ausland. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, like, so after, so we have a few minutes, a couple minutes here before we, you know, go out of the break, and I think we can talk a little bit about Sabres Development Camp. We can talk about some news, um, you know, because NHL training camp is coming up. Uh, Tanner, would you want to talk a little bit about Summer League? I can just kind of let you ramble about that for a few minutes. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not much happened in the summer league. I mean, the Blazers won it all. Summer league? I mean, Blazers fans. Yeah, Blazers fans enjoy it because that's about the only that's the the only ring you guys will experience for a long time. So enjoy it. I mean, Dame's cool, Jeremy Grant's cool, but they're not going to win you a title. So enjoy the summer league ring, fellas. Hey, you know what? A ring's a ring. Uh, I mean, there you go. Um, just a couple more, couple more uh, free agents to talk about really quick that are still available. Just quick thoughts. PK Subban, I think we went over him a few times. He would be a name that I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up signing in Buffalo. Uh, that'd be like a, a fine player. He is the number one trending player on Spot Track right now for NHL free agency. Uh, I mean, you know, he's a name. He is a big name player. Oh so, wait, hold on. You wanna you wanna know something here? The uh. The, the Sabres' most underrated move of the offseason was bringing back Malcolm Subban, simply for the reason that there's a chance that Malcolm Subban sings the national anthem again next year, <laughs> and therefore there's a chance that we can hear absolutely roaring from the 300 level one Evan Harrington going, let's go, Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, I still I have that on video somewhere. I think I screen recorded it or something, or I don't know where it was, but I was just like, I was just up in that 300, and Malcolm Subban is singing the national anthem. I go, let's go, Malcolm. And you could literally hear it because that stadium was so dead yeah. <laughs> that if you just yelled at the right time, you could hear it. And I don't know if he heard it or not, but, you know, that was that was probably one of my favorite moments from, from the, this past Sabre season uh, just as a fan. Um, but we will take a quick break. We'll go a little more over Sabre's free agency, talk a little bit more about the free agency in general take a dive into Sabres development camp and then probably in the back half of the half an hour uh we'll talk you know NBA summer league uh MLB all-star game this that and the third we'll talk a little bit about NFL training camp uh there's some interesting news with Leonard Fournette we won't yeah. take a dive into that because it's it's kind of funny uh but we'll be right back on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982 brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee really unhappy with Leonard Fournette's this is Joey, please report the story, and I have an opinion on this. He's listed at 228 pounds, but according to longtime's longtime Bucks reporter Rick Stroud, he weighs about 260 pounds now. 228 is what he's listed at. 260. So, do the math on that. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. That was Joy Taylor on the Colin Cowherd Show reporting news that was broken by a Tampa Bay Buccaneers reporter that, you know, quote-unquote, whatever you want to call him, star running back, 
uh, you know, running back for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette, was currently listed at 228 pounds, but is now listed at 260 pounds. Uh, He skipped mandatory minicamp, and he just came back uh, 32 pounds overweight after signing a three-year, $21 million contract, average pay $7 million per year, which might not sound a lot like compared to other contracts in the NFL, but for a running back, that is a, a pretty good contract. Rightfully so, you know, Leonard Fournette played a, a lot of one-year contracts over the past couple of years, and, you know, he had some great seasons, and he got his money. But now, at a point in time, Leonard Fournette just decided, for whatever reason, he's going to put on 32 pounds of weight. He still has time to, you know, cut that back, but it's not a good look for him and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are your guys' thoughts on that news? Uh, I'm sure you guys heard it uh, before the show, but just hearing it now, what are your guys' thoughts? Next, steady Lacey, baby. I'm ready for the... He bought all the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches out of a store, just like Eddie Lacey did with the Popeyes. So I, I'm ready to... Oh, you're switching switching food, fast food competitors now, huh? We're, we're well, well we can't do the same. Like, Eddie Lacey has Popeyes, so he's got to stick with Popeyes. So so I'm trying to find, like, a good chicken sandwich replacement for Popeyes, and that's Chick-fil-A because in the South, they got Chick-fil-A. You know, that's, that's like the South thing. So They have it here now, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're building a new one uh, by the McKinley Mall. Oh, a mile yeah. strip. Oh. They got a couple up here in upstate New York. There's the one in Chicawaga. There's one in Greece, which is close to Rochester. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. They need more. Actually, I think they got one, one in, more. By, yeah, I think uh, they're building one in court. They got one by. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the mall name. Oh, that's so embarrassing. I'm forgetting the mall, but it's a mall, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, he, he, I, I bet he thought, oh, no, nobody's coming back. So like, I'm going to play with this second round QB and Kyle Trask and nothing's going to matter anymore. So I'm just going to gain as much as I want. And and if he, he ever goes to the media and he says, oh, well, my wife was pregnant. That already was used once. Come up with your own excuse. Yeah, no, you know. Night, he got the bag and said, all right, I'm going to head out. But I guarantee Brady, if Brady calls his phone heated, he'll have that weight loss like tomorrow. He'll yeah. Make him go like vegan and synthetic or whatever Brady eats for the like three days and then he'll lose the weight. Yeah, I mean, Leonard Fournette still has, you know, some time to lose this weight. Wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he cut down 30 pounds, you know, by maybe week three of training or uh, preseason. But at the same time, man, the Buccaneers have a running back that they drafted in the third round in Rashad White, who they are more incapable of, you know, giving the reins to starting to in Rashad White. Rashad White is an all-purpose back, can receive the ball, can run the ball well. He is six foot, around the same height as Leonard Fournette, so he kind of fits the system embodiment to what they want in their starting running back. Plus, he's you know he's got the receiving upside, so. It, it's uh, it's definitely interesting, uh, you know, everything that's going on with Leonard Fournette. It's de- the news definitely isn't good if you're Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, but, you know, that's kind of like some of the biggest news around uh, the NFL right now. Uh, we're also still waiting on the Deshaun Watson 
trial, uh, you know, and all that stuff. I think sometime maybe like Thursday or Friday we might hear more on it. Uh, nothing as of right now, but I, you know, let's well, take, what? Th there is one thing. What, what else is there? Well, I, I mean, how many Ravens players Twitter wars are we going to have this season? I mean, we already had one with uh, Lamar uh, being called uh, a QB that can't throw the ball that well. So no top wide receiver is going there. And, and then uh, just today, just today, like maybe an hour ago, uh, Ian Rappaport reported, hey, J.K. Dobbins probably isn't going to play week one. It's nothing with his rehab or the surgery. It's just that you know, maybe they're not going to want to push him back right away because they signed Mike Davis, so they have that backup option if he can't play week one. And that's all Rappaport said, that he's probably not going to play week one. And and they probably even went into more depth in the clip that uh, Rappaport said that is there. But uh, Dobbins did not like hearing that he wasn't going to play week one. So he said, Rappaport. If you're going to say that about me, contact me. I'll tell you what it's, what's right. And it's like, buddy, you tore your ACL. You should be out for at least a year. It's expected. Yeah, maybe you don't come back right away. He's like, well, I'm not going up the, on the pup list. Nobody said you were. Nobody. You just, we just said you aren't going to play week one. He's really just spiraling out of control. I, I, think, I think all the Ravens. Uh, players are like, we must defend ourselves from the Twitter people. Twitter people make our lives go money, money, money. Like it's like just, just don't let it affect you. Just there's, there's no need for it. No need for it. There, there's no reason why you should go after Rappaport for making a story out of something. It's like that's what people within your group have said. It's not Rappaport's fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's your fault for buying in, now making a bigger story than it is, because now Rap Report is going to become more famous than Dobbins in about a week or about a day because you're giving him that, like, coverage of being like, oh, yeah, you're so bad. And he's like, no, I'm not. You're just stupid. So, I, I like, who's next? Who's next? I, I like, if, if um, oh, Oh, I would love to see like um, uh, Rashad Bateman next or Calais Campbell, like one of those guys, big guys who are just like, don't you dare say that. I I want to see that next. I want to see the next Twitter war be like Ravens versus the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. did you guys see Lamar Jackson and Bernard Pollard, the old Ravens safety, going at it? On That's Twitter who it was. Yes. Yeah, you cover that, Tanner. <laughs> I, I forgot who was arguing with Lamar. I, I knew it was a former Baltimore player. I just know he, I, I don't know him that well. So, because. He's a guy that tore Tom Brady's ACL in 07 or 08. I think he was playing with the Titans at the time, but he's the Patriot killer. Hmm. Yeah, definitely for sure. And then, you know, him and Lamar got into that argument. Uh, and then Lamar was basically like, Hey man, I don't even know who you are. Uh, you, you know, you got your Super Bowl rings, you know, riding the backs of, you know, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and, you know, Bernard Parlo's like, whatever, man, Lamar just like started going after him and roasting him, just like making a mockery of him. It kind of just looked like, but I mean, Hey, I mean, Lamar is, Lamar is known for being 
kind of like a beefer on uh, on Twitter. Like you, like once in a while, you'll see him get into Twitter inter- Twitter interactions. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me there. Uh, but it, it was funny. It was funny for sure. So like the Ravens have been in the news for nothing bad. It's just been small little Twitter interactions with you know former players in their organization or you know the biggest media members in uh, the NFL. Uh, there I mean, was something uh, from Adam Schefter out of anyone. Guy just <laughs> he just tweets stuff out and you know doesn't even fact check it most of the time. And then all of a sudden in three hours it's deleted like that fake tweet. I mean I don't I don't think he actually tweeted this. This was a fake Bleacher Report thing that OBJ was going to Buffalo. I saw it the other day and my heart like sank. I'm like where where did the cap space come from? Who did we get rid of for this? And then. It was just, it said via Adam Schefter. Was he the one who did that, or was that just a joke? For which one again? O- OBJ coming to the Bills earlier this week. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I got it. It was on, it was, OBJ retweeted it on Twitter um, and said, Von Miller, new teammate, question mark. Um, and uh, it said via Adam Schefter up the top left. This guy, he has no credibility anymore if that was really him. Yeah, or, you know what I mean. Or like, like someone might have hacked his account or something. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, but you never know. Still, he's the one that that just throws random stuff out there most of the time and just hopes for the best. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that'd be really interesting. Odell Beckham Jr. in a Bills uniform. I could definitely see it. Uh, I don't know if I'm like for it or not. I don't know. That's that's still a conversation. Like we should probably have for another show. It's like hypothetical, what if Odell Beckham Jr. signed to the Buffalo Bills on a one-year contract? And we just kind of yeah. have our fantasy scenarios of, like, what could happen? Like, oh, my gosh, like, if he's healthy, what could go, you know, go right? Like, if the guy's healthy, like, of course I want him on the team. Like, there's no question. Like, the guy's one of the most, like, top ten right. talented Another receivers of all time. Like, he, yeah. he's, like, one of the most talented receivers of all time. Like, I want this guy on the team. It's just, you know, just the chemistry and whatever. I don't think he's a character at all. I don't think he's a locker room cancer like many make him out to be, but. I, I just don't just Davis's development and just everything circling. I just don't know. Uh, but let's uh, let's take a, a dive into, into NBA summer league Tanner. Uh, I know we were talking about this, how we would get to this at some point in the show, and I feel like it's a good point now as we covered, you know, uh, you know the top twenty receivers in Madden uh, for for ratings wise, and then we talked about the Sabres free agency class, and maybe in a little bit we get into development camp. Uh, but I just want to talk a little bit about NBA Summer League really quick. Um, what are your thoughts on some, some guys in Summer League, the way they've been playing, you know, some of the top draft picks, and, you know, just the way, you know, a lot of these young guys have been looking? Um, I'll take a look. Go right down the line here. Some of the top picks in the Summer League. You look at the number one overall pick, Paulo Bancaro for the Magic. He was very good, 20 points a game, five rebounds, six assists, two and a half steals, the six assists is what uh, jumps out to me because that was something that uh, that was not certain with him coming out of the draft was like court vision and being able to play make for other guys. But he did a good job of that in the uh, the summer league and also shot very efficiently, 41, 50, 80 splits. So 41 from the field, 50 from three, 80 from the line. Uh, he was really good. Chet for the OKC Thunder, Chet Holmgren, he averaged 12 points per game, 8.5 rebounds, 1.3 assists on 46, 43, 88 splits, which, for a seven-footer, is just ridiculous efficiency. He had the the one good game in his uh, summer league debut, and then I felt like his efficiency kind of tapered off. He didn't have, you know, as many big games as he did uh, after that. But for the most part, I mean, he was uh, very efficient. I'm excited to see 
you know, what he looks like in the regular season. Obviously, the concern is, you know, he's a, an absolute beanpole for being a seven-footer. He's kind of a, a short or a, a skinny guy. So it'll be interesting to see how he holds up against some of these beefy big NBA bigs. But, you know, in the summer league, he held his own and looked, looked pretty good for the most part. Jabari Smith, the uh, number three overall pick for the Houston Rockets, 15 points per game, almost nine rebounds, one and a half assists, 1.8 steals. Not not totally efficient, 41-26-71 split, but, uh, you know, it's not like the Rockets are in a win-now situation. So he's, you know, going to get plenty of PT during the regular season, and he'll have plenty of time to develop there in no rush. And one of the real standouts was the number four overall pick, Keegan Murray. He uh, played way above his draft position. He, you know, led all those guys in scoring at 23 points per game, seven rebounds per game two assists, 1.3 steals on 50-40, 81 shooting splits. He was uh, fantastic and good for the Sacramento Kings because for the past decade or so, they have proven that they are borderline incapable of drafting any young talent. And then, you know, when they do, they somehow find a way to screw it up. I mean, you look at DeMarcus Cousins, um, somehow De'Aaron Fox is still there, the inexplicable Tyrese Halliburton trade that I still don't understand to this day. So, you know, good for the Sacramento Kings. They got a good one this year in Keegan Murray, and hopefully they don't uh, they don't screw it up. Yeah. So we and, mentioned. Uh, oh, you know, keep going. James Wiseman for the Warriors got to shout him out. He had a a pretty good summer league. You know, he not the jury's not out on him yet, but he certainly I don't think has lived up to the number two overall pick. You know, um, stature, but he's had a pretty good summer league. He's looking good for the Warriors. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, it's kind of kind of segue in my next segment for the NBA summer league. You you mentioned James Wiseman, you know, drafted number two overall just a couple years ago by the Golden State Warriors, uh, looked to be that next great big man uh, for Golden State. Something they never really have had uh, was a great big man like like a center. They've always kind of had those rotational centers that are good, not great. They kind of just do their job. They set the screens, go and get the rebounds. They, you know, hit the open layup after Curry or Durant or Draymond hits him with a dish. But now you got Wiseman going into his third year in the league, coming off of two injuries back-to-back seasons. Like you mentioned, he looked very, really solid in this NBA Summer League. But I want to talk about two other players to kind of pair up with him. Not calling him a big three, but more of a big three uh, in age-wise for the for how young they are. And that's Jonathan Kaminga and Moses, Moses Moutier. I know Kaminga is more of a project player. Uh than any, like, probably than more, most players in the NBA. Uh, Kaminga, you know, still has his flaws. He he looks like he can be a good wing defender, but he just has to kind of get that shot shot selection there and just you know, his overall play style. He's got to get his feet wet uh, in the NBA still. But Moses Moutier looks like a phenomenal prospect. He looks like a player that can really just step in for Golden State and be another great guard. It's going to be ridiculous how many good guards they have next year with uh, Curry, Green, or Curry, Clay, uh, Poole, and now Moses Moutier. What can you say about those three young players for Golden State? And if they all click, how dangerous that could be you know, for the next three to four years and what that can do for Steph Curry's legacy, maybe winning two more chips? Yeah, that's, I think I mentioned it You know, once the Warriors officially won the title this, you know, this past couple months ago. But the, the Warriors dynasty, that's the scary thing about it, is they might just only be getting started because obviously you've got the established veterans with Steph and Curry, who I believe could play you know, at a high level into his late 30s, maybe even early 40s, you know, with his 
game being as a jump shooter, you know, those guys typically tend to age better than, you know, your slashers, like a Russell Westbrook, for example. Uh, you've got Clay Thompson. You've got Draymond Green. But then, you know, you've got the young guys as well. Jordan Poole had a breakout season this year, and I only expect that he gets better. Um, you've got James Wiseman, who, you know, came into his own in the summer league. You've got Kuminga, who is, you know, only 19 going on 20 years old. Moses Moody, who was the the, uh, the scoring champion for the summer league this year. He averaged 27 and a half points per game to lead all scorers. Um, so, you know, you've got the veterans, but then you've got these young guys who are like all under the age of 21 or 22, like, during the Warriors championship celebration, these guys couldn't even go to the club because, you know, they were too young, you know, you Kaminga and Moody. So they are set up just beautifully for the future and to win right now. So that's the thing with the Warriors is they've got the, the infrastructure in place to win now, but they're, you know, they're in great hands for the future with these young guys that they've got. And that's just another, you know, master class by Steve Kerr and Bob Myers, the general manager. I mean, Moses Moody was the last pick in the lottery last year, 14th overall. And, you know, if he keeps going on this trajectory, that's just going to be, you know, the next great Warrior draft pick. Yeah, and the scary thing is, is you see James Wiseman hitting step-back three-pointers as a center in Summer League. And I get it, it's Summer League, you know, let's not take it, you know, over the top, let's not overreact. But when you see a big man hitting step-back three-pointers, that was drafted number two overall with the potential he has offensively and defensively. It's just ridiculous. Uh, the things that James Wiseman can do with the ball in his hands. Uh, his pick and roll game looks good. Uh, you know, I mean, Mac McClung. Like, he's a player that's just kind of weird. I'm not saying he's going to make an impact in the Warriors, but he was a player that I thought looked pretty solid for the Warriors in Summer League. I really only paid attention to the Warriors in Summer League and some of the top draft picks. But uh, Mac McClung, like, he, he went from, what, the, the Lakers to i forget who else uh but then he you know he's with golden state now and he looks like a, a player if need to be called up on he can just be a, a nice little player for a couple games i mean in the warriors i mean they did something similar last year you look at gary payton the second he was brought in you know just kind of like end of the bench guy 15th man in the rotation he wasn't projected to have a role but then you know he breaks out and ends up being you know one of the most impactive impactful role players on a championship team and then he goes off and gets paid by the Blazers so who knows maybe Mac McClung is the next iteration of that but I mean it goes without saying at this point but the Warriors are probably the best in the NBA when it comes to talent evaluation and you know I just mentioned with some of their drafting over the years obviously Draymond was a second round pick Jordan Poole's the end of the first round pick um and then just being able to find these diamonds in the rough like you know, bringing in Gary Payton off the street and he breaks out. And maybe Mac McClung is just the next version of that. So the Warriors' talent evaluation is just second to none. They're one of those teams where they can, you know, make any kind of move, and I won't question it because, you know, they have shown that they're great at what they do. And maybe this is just the, the next coming of that with Mac McClung. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about a few other uh, Sabres re-signings really quick, like taking a deep dive more into them because on the you know after the break here in a couple minutes, uh, we'll probably spend ten to fifteen minutes on development camp, and then Dan we can get into the MLB home run yeah. derby and All Star game, and then you know that will be our our show. But you know let's let's uh, just talk about a few of the re-signings that have happened over the past few days for the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, we mentioned Vinny Hanestroza got re-signed. Tanner, that was a player that you wanted to be re-signed. Uh, 
Dan, you might not have thought he would have been through resign. And I think same for you, Joe. But what are your guys' thoughts on Henestro's resign? My quick thoughts, like I think it's nice that they have him resign. It's nice flexibility, just in case for some reason Paterka or Quinn aren't ready. You have a nice sustainable veteran piece that can play on your third line. I feel like this was Henestro's only offer. I I don't know how many other teams were gonna offer him another contract. Uh, probably it would have been a one year like the Sabers offered him, but. I, I guess he likes the Sabres. Sabres like him, so he took it right as he could. Um, yeah, keep it going. I, I I really wasn't expecting it, though. I really was kind of like, he's testing free agency. Time to get somebody new. So uh, that's yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was at. I um, especially we mentioned those younger guys like Paterka and Quinn. You know, making room on the roster for them, and it's like. I, I understand it for depth purposes, but I was, again, not not expecting it at all. And I do I have mean, breaking news if we want to go over it. I mean, hey, dude, you got breaking news. Break it. I got I got breaking news. Is it like breaking, breaking, breaking news? Uh, yeah, it just came out a couple like, minutes ago. Of, like within a few minutes ago? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, got yeah it. there's They're, two yeah, things in break a couple it. minutes. We'll cover it. Uh, Andre Sakura, former Sabre, retires. Uh, he's 36 years old. For a captain of the Slovakia team, playing 16 seasons in the NHL. Um, but for the last three, he was with the Dallas Stars. But the Sabres drafted him 71st overall in the 2004 NFL draft. Sorry, not 2014. 2004. So that's one thing. The second thing, uh, like Evan said, he just said like 30 minutes ago, that the um, free agent signs were talking to the media. Well, Paul Hamilton uh, just tweeted out that Comrie said they didn't blame Winnipeg for not playing him more than 90 minutes, which could have allowed him to stay in Winnipeg as an RFA. Uh, he said that the coach was new and trying to save his job and make the playoffs, and he would have done the same thing. So, uh, I 90 minutes, though, that's two games. But... Uh, Comrie also said that right as free agency started and Buffalo phoned him, he knew it was the right fit. So, I I, I mean, it, it's like a blessing and a curse kind of thing. Like, it's a blessing for us that we got Comrie for being a UFA, but it may also be a curse for Winnipeg because who knows, maybe they're going to miss that backup goaltender spot next season and they're going to have a harder time and that will come back as like you only needed to play this guy 90 more minutes and you could have had your backup goaltender for a whole year again yeah yeah it's definitely interesting for sure hey maybe eric Comrie turns into the next ryan miller you never know nobody will talk ryan miller okay he might not be the next ryan miller but maybe he's better than carter hutton yeah <laughs> let's start. That, yeah. That's let's a positive. Him, no, let's give him a safe floor. Let's give him a safe floor. Better than Carter Hutton, and maybe as as good as Ryan Miller. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's his floor. Anywhere yeah, in between yeah. looks good to me. Yeah, that's that's what the Buffalo that, Sabers fan base should just be comfortable with. Not as good as Ryan Miller, but not as bad as Carter Hutton. Okay, um, some other players. Just quick thoughts on the Buffalo Sabers re-signing Victor Olsen. Two years, uh, for about four point five million. I like it. I'm not. You know, I like he's a 20-goal scorer. You don't find too much of those around. No, yeah. This is basically, give me two more years. Show me what you can do. If I don't do well, you can release me. If I do great, re-sign me. 
do a longer deal. So it's pretty much like I like your system for right now, but in case of like let's say the coaches change again, I want out. That that's basically what this contract kind of is. Yeah, I mean that's basically it in a nutshell. And by the way, it's uh four point seven five million, not four point five. My fault on that one. Um, yeah, but the Sabres also re-signed Brett Murray. I don't think there's any complaining about that. He's a good Rochester body, um, but at the same time, you know, he showed that he could be called up for the Buffalo Sabres and, you know, do some things. Uh, nothing spectacular, but he's a big body, nice in-front net presence, just an overall decent signing. It was a one-year $750,000 contract. Uh, we already talked about the Sabres re-signing Lawrence, or bringing back Lawrence Pilot. Uh, Labushkin, Victor Olofsson. Uh, I like the the Malcolm Subban two-way deal. Uh, I feel like Subban, you know, has showed he can play in the NHL, not at a high level or anything, but he can play in the NHL. Uh, and it's also nice to maybe bring in Mel or uh, PK Subban to pair up with Malcolm. Uh, we talked about Vinny Anastroza, but then you know that's the thing. And then Alex Sabers resigned Jacob Rice. I'm trying to remember if we talked about him last show or not, but uh, two years, one point eight five million. Not not. Mad about it. Nice sixth, seventh defenseman. Injury happens. You got a nice guy who knows your system well. Um, but we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit of Sabres development camp, and then we will dive into a little bit of the MLB All Star break or uh, All Star yeah, game and All Star break. Uh, we will be back on ninety one point three FM WBNY. One more to win it as Alonzo comes out of a timeout. And walks it off. What a finish. Alonzo defends his title. The 2021 Derby champion put the belt on again. What a shot. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. I'm Evan Harrington. Still joined by Daniel Dell to my right. On the phone line, we still have Mr. Joe Kelly and Mr. Tanner Saunders. Uh, it's been a fun show so, so far, guys. And the shows are only going to get better with... You know, NFL training camp coming upon us. But that clip that we played coming out of the break was Mr. Pete Alonzo going for back-to-back home run derby titles. And the home run derby is tonight, and he's going to be looking to go for a three-peat like Michael Jordan in the 90s twice. But he's only going to be able to do it once, most likely. Uh, he defeated my my guy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, two years ago. And he uh, won the home run derby back-to-back times, like I mentioned. And he's going for that three-peat. So it's going to be interesting to see what Mr. Alonzo of the New York Mets does tonight, but nonetheless, it's we an exciting. We have a bracket. We have a bracket. Yeah, Joe Tanner. Everything a is a bracket. We have a bracket for who's gonna, you know, win the uh, home run derby tonight. And uh, if we do not get into Sabres development uh, camp talks today, uh, we can get into that next show. Uh, so everyone, if you guys were you know listening for that, sorry about that. But Dan brought this to my attention. Yes. Uh, in the break, and I just thought. Hey, because everybody likes a bracket. Yeah, who doesn't like brackets? Bracket. And, you know, we might not all be baseball experts. You know, Dan, Dan, you're Joe, Joe, Dan, you both are baseball guys, right? Yeah. Joe? Joe? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Is he dead? Is he alive? I, I was talking and I forgot when we went on break that I muted my phone. So, like, if I dropped there or something, it didn't make a noise. And then, you know. There you go. Just started talking casually the, and then the realized. The problems oh, no with being in the fo- on the phone instead of in the studio, Joe. <laughs> uh, but I'll 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 lead this off because you know uh, I'll give you guys time to look up the players uh, for tonight's game because you know this is also about 
how well these guys have done during the first half of the season, but it's also their pitchers, who they pick to pitch to them. And tonight's players are Kyle Schwarber, Albert Pujols, Juan Soto, Jose Ramirez, Corey Seager, Julio Rodriguez, Pete Alonso, and Ronald Acuna Jr. No Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? No, he denied it because um, supposedly after the uh, 2021, uh, he hurt himself. He hurt his wrist. So he doesn't want to do that again because he wants to make a run for uh, the playoffs. That dude cranks nukes. He does. He does. Um, But, you know, everybody looks at the home run derby. Oh, what's so important about the home run derby? Well, it's the halfway mark. You know, that's always big. But it's just a fun, exciting event for everybody. Because who doesn't like seeing home runs? Who doesn't? I mean, that's that's the real question. Uh, If you go to baseball to watch like a pitcher's duel and barely see anything i don't know what you're doing with your life uh but let's get this started off so the yeah, ones I mean, if you like going to a game and watching no hits to the bottom of the fifth then you might as well come pay me uh cut my grass <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, like that's basically it in a nutshell uh so let's lead this off the first matchup of the night should be Kyle Schwarber versus Albert Pujols. Pujols is a 42-year-old. He got selected to the All-Star game by a commission by the commissioner Rob Manfred. Um, and Schwarber is coming off a 15, I believe, a 15 home run uh, June. So he he's had a really good June and July. It's kind of like meshed in, but um. I I got Schwarber taking this one just because Pujols is so old. I don't think his arms are gonna get to the um, the the distance. I don't think they're gonna get enough distance. I mean, yeah, the way you mention it, you know, Schwarber. You mentioned that he had 15 home runs in the month uh, combined of June and July. Uh, you know, when a guy's hot like that in any type of sport, it's kind of hard to hard to stop them, especially when you're not getting you know 100 mile an hour fastballs thrown at you consistently. You know, you're kind of getting a little more softer pitches. Uh, and you're going to be able to, you know, crank those nukes a lot harder and a lot farther and a lot more consistent. So, you, like you mentioned, you know, Schwarber's had a hot June and July. I'll I'll take him in this one as well. Joe Tanner, thoughts, concerns, disagreements? No, I, I'm 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 in agreement with both of you guys. I'm taking I'm taking them. I am too. God, I'll take the I mean, young buck. I mean, I was just looking. He's got what 29 homers this year, and that's pretty close to his career high i think his career high is like 38 but still they got a good chunk of the season left to go so he is on a tear right now give me kyle schwarber all right next matchup juan soto who will not be a washington national for much longer and jose ramirez Um, juan soto i don't know much about baseball but i know juan soto is that guy (laughs) (laughs) i just know soto is that guy Soto did beat Shohei Otani. You should know who Shohei is. Yeah, Otani. no, Shohei is. Right. He beat yeah. Shohei in the first round last year. Yeah, no, Juan Soto is a great player. Like, I don't watch a ton of baseball, but I know Juan Soto is one of the best young players in baseball. Uh, and that guy is just crazy at what he does. Uh, I I think I'm going Jose Ramirez. And the uh. only reason is because I, I just think he's having a much better season than Soto. I mean, Soto said that he uses the home run derby as like a um, kind of like um, to get himself back on track. 
because he's just not had a productive season. So maybe he does like go out there and does 30 bombs in the first round and it's like this guy's going to win the whole thing. But Ramirez has just had too good of a season for me uh, to not move him forward in this derby. No, I, I agree with Dan on this one. I'm, I'd take Ramirez for sure. Like you said, too good of a season not to take him. Then Tanner? I, uh, I think I also like Ramirez here because he's, I mean, they both hit about the same amount of home runs this season. See, Soto's got 20 and... Ramirez has 19 in four less games, so sure, give me Ramirez. Uh, yeah, before we get more into this bracket, uh, once again, we are not taking phone callers for the rest of the show. If you guys wanted to join the discussion, just because we have Joe Kelly on line one and Tanner Saunders on line two, uh, so we just are not going to be accepting callers for the rest of the show. And uh, if you guys want to share the you know the podcast after we upload it, it'll be uh, on it's wherever you get podcasts. yeah wherever you get podcasts. And if you also want to listen on the go instead of just being listening on the radio, you can listen on the radio of X app. Uh, type in the call sign WBNY. Share that with your family and friends. Get everyone to listen. We enjoy everyone listening. And we mean everybody. 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 Doesn't matter overseas. Where you're from. Yeah. Everybody and like. Uh, any political state they're in. I don't care who they are. I need them to listen to this radio station. We just need listeners. Yeah. We'll pay you to listen. No, uh, no, that's you. That's you then. <laughs> that's just you, buddy. Speak for yourself, Harrington. All right, uh, Dan, continue on the bracket. Now, uh, this home run, or this all-star game and home run derby are being held in uh, the Dodgers Stadium in L.A. And... One of the returning L.A. Dodgers, who is now a Texas Ranger, uh, Corey Seager is in the Home Run Derby. And then the rookie, the man-man rookie from Seattle, Julio Rodriguez, who's having an amazing uh, rookie season so far. This one's tough uh, for me personally because you got hometown guy. A lot of people are going to be rooting for this guy. But Rodriguez has come out of nowhere and just started hitting bombs. And he's been an amazing prospect to watch. And, and I hope he keeps it going and leads Seattle to the playoffs because they are in that hunt right now, which they haven't been in the past, like, decade. Um, so, uh, I think I'm going to take the underdog and take Rodriguez Yeah, here. give me the rook. Give me the young buck. Give me Julio Rodriguez. You know, I love up-and-coming rookie stories. It would be nice to see the hometown guy, uh, you know, get the win, but Got to give it to the rookie man. It's hard to stop those young, up-and-coming, hungry players. No, I'm I'm right there with you. The rookie underdog. Has anyone ever seen the move, the Rocky movies? Like, come on, what are we doing betting against the underdog here? <laughs> yeah, I was in it. Taking, I was in it. That was Rocky. <laughs> he he was an you, extra. Oh my gosh, he was we Rocky's have backup. Stallone on the show right now I with know. everyone. Evan, the false facade of Sylvester Stallone. I, I could not believe we've been. <laughs> I was his so stunt long. double. Yeah. Can can we hear your your uh, impression? Or, or did you not get any speaking parts? No, I was just there for the action <laughs> you, you were just there hey, for the action. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Go Adrian. <laughs> hey, how you doing? My name's Celeste Stallone. <laughs> that bad? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was only there for just the action scenes. No yeah, speaking. they didn't need him for speaking. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> no. He's the guy, he's the guy, Evan was the guy who hit the, hit the canvas every time he went down, so... <laughs> I was just the guy just to be there. They just, yeah. you know, we're walking down the streets of L.A. one day and just being like, hey, you know, we need someone uh, to be a, you know, kind of like a dummy for this scene. And then there's just me. 
There's just pie in my <laughs> shoe on the side of the street, and I fell over doing it. And they were like, "That's our guy." <laughs> <laughs> Man just tied his shoe, went face first into the pavement. Uh, Tanner, your I am gonna go. I'm gonna go against the grain here, and I'm gonna pick Corey Seager in this one. I mean, he hit 104 of them things in Dodger Stadium from 2015 to 2021, so he knows what it takes. Give me Seager. It'd be cool to see, you know, the rookie get it, but I'm going to go with the, the hometown hero there, Corey Seager. Wow, okay. So Evan wants Juan Soto to move on, uh, except uh, except um, Jose Ramirez. And then uh, Tanner wants Corey Seager to go on instead of Rodriguez. I, I mean, if if anybody out there wants to do this with us, you know, I would love to see your brackets on Twitter uh, at double underscore D capital WBNY, you know, tweet at me. I want to see them, um, you know, that Tanner, if you want to post your own, you know, you can do that. You don't have to submit it. You know, you can earn a hundred thousand dollars. I think it is if you get them all right. So basically, Dan, if you're saying if we get this right, we all split it for a company budget. Honestly, yeah, that would be our company. But I mean, it's my account. It, it it is my account, so you know, I get a little bit more than you ever three. You know, not much, not much. Wait a second, wait a second. We need to clear something up here. What? If with our cuts, are we paying people to listen, or is that just with Evan's cut? Oh no, wait, that's no, just no, Evan's no, cut. no, never, nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's regretting <laughs> saying that now. <laughs> That'd be going towards my my season tickets for the the new Bill Stadium. <laughs> Because those are going to be expensive. Not, not even college. Not even paying off college. Nah. First thing, straight up, bill season tickets. Heck yeah, man. I'm going to get a night. priority straight. Yeah. Yeah, right? Tanner gets it. Uh, yeah, so who's who's next on the bracket? Uh, the last first round matchup. This goes very quick. Uh, the GOAT, Pete Alonzo, who has figured out a uh, hack with the pitching. And uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., who is arguably one of the best young players right now, um, just maybe below uh, Mike Trout, arguably. Uh, I feel like since P. Alonzo, it's not that I like a P. Alonzo, because I'm a Yankees fan. I don't like Mets. Um, and, and that goes for the same spectrum over there. Mets fans hate Yankees. It's a thing. Uh, that's why it's the Subway Series. But P. Alonzo has just hats from those over the years. Yeah, and, and P. Alonzo has just found a hack with the pitching where the dude who pitches for him, Dave Haas, I mean, he just throws dots down the middle. Like, there's if you look, they do like, um, oh, what is it called? Um, like how they have the the zone, they have like a mini zone for the uh home run derby to see how many pitches go down the middle or close enough to the middle. And he didn't have one ball that was outside of that zone. One ball. So I'm, I'm taking P Alonzo. That's, that's me. You said it was Ronald Acuna Jr. And Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay. And, and, Pete and Pete Alonzo. Uh, I'm going to take Acuna in this one. Uh, I would What's say, coming? I would say if Alonzo was up against any other opponent, he probably would just kind of go past them, but Acuna is one of the best players in baseball, and uh, he can do everything right. And I know this is just a home run derby, so that's just you know striking in on one skill of a baseball player. But Acuna, uh, I think he has the ability and the 
the chance to take uh, to knock off uh, P. Alonso. So it's I'm going to take uh, I'm taking Hakuna more. Ooh. You know, just like you said, based off the skills, one of the best players in baseball. But also, you throw Matata after his last name, it means no worries. That means he's got his Hakuna Matata. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So it's a wonderful phrase, and uh, we're I, I'm taking him all the way, hundred percent. Tanner, you're you're the uh, deciding vote if it goes to a tiebreaker where me and Evan do rock, paper, scissors, and it's just one. Actually, I think Tanner and I should do rock, paper, scissors. Oh, (laughs) how does does that work? How does that work, Joe? You're you're on the phone. You're both on the phone. How can you do (laughs) You're going to announce what you did. You're going to have Tanner go first. Paper. You're going to say, oh, yeah, I did scissors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, there will be no rock, paper, scissors had here because I am going with Ronald Acuna Jr. For no other reason than I am an Atlanta Hawks fan when it comes to the NBA, so I'm shifting my Atlanta bias from the NBA to the MLB for tonight, and I'll take Mr. Acuna. All right, we're down to round two, Schwarber versus Ramirez. Um, Give me Schwarber. I'm all in on uh, Kyle Schwarber, uh, you know, doing his thing. Uh, for I the Philadelphia Phillies, I I think he can uh, go to the championship or really deep into this uh, tournament. I I agree, I with, agree with Evan. Yeah, yeah, everyone agrees with Evan, the baseball, the baseball <laughs> knowledge yeah. guy. I know everything about baseball, right? Yeah, sure. Buddy. Yeah. You know everything <laughs> about everything. Yeah, I'm Wikipedia. You, NFL <laughs> analyst, MLB analyst, NBA analyst, NHL analyst. Uh, everything under this. He's even sports the KHL analyst. analyst. No, my name's just Every sports sport. analyst. You cover just... cricket? Yeah. Badminton? Yeah. Ping pong? Oh, yeah. Swimming? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could go down and the whole croquet. list and <laughs> go on for hours. I just cover say, croquet, yeah. too. All right. Every four years, the username changes to Olympic analyst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tanner, are you going to go against the grain again, or are you going to pick Schwarber? I know you didn't get your pick in. No, I'm going Schwarber. All I'm right. The grain. That's a straight 4-0. Now we have the 6-7 and seven seed. Uh, we both picked the underdogs in this one. Uh, Rodriguez and Acuna. Wow, sometimes their names are hard. <laughs> I'm going to go with the more underdog of the two underdogs. I'm going to go with the 7. Oh, you're going to go with Acuna. Acuna 7. Acuna, yeah. And then... Acuna Batata. Uh, Acuna Batata. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I can see him being the rookie. I, I could see him putting the rookie in his place, saying, you haven't been in this week that long. Sit down. Uh, Evan? Well, I'm, I'm taking Acuna. Okay. Tanner? Acuna. Okay. So now we have the Philadelphia Philly, Kyle Schwarber, and the Atlanta Brave, Acuna, in the finals. So this is for all the, the money. The one seed versus the seven seed. Acuna. Oh. I like Schwarber here. I like Schwarber. If I go underdog, I go underdog all the way. Acuna. I'm taking Acuna, Acuna too. Um, I, I really like Kyle Schwarber in this tournament, uh, just with everything that was mentioned about him. But I just feel like Ronald Acuna Masada. You you just like it. He's gonna take it away. You don't need to like know anything else, but you just like Acuna. Does anyone need to know anything about making a bracket? Just pick the names. Not really. No. (laughs) I mean, if if people knew how to make make a bracket, March Madness would already have like a lot of bracket rings. Yeah. So So. I'm taking Acuna Batata. 
uh, and we're flying away with this championship win. Yeah, that's I right. guess I guess that's how it's gonna go. Acuna is your 2022 home run derby winner. Uh, now we can move on to the MLB All Star Game, which is becoming more like the MLB backup game, uh, because a lot of the starters are electing to sit out. I mean, here here's like the na- big names who sit. Well, they're all big names because that's that's who makes it. Jose Altuve decided to sit out. Mike Trout will not be there tomorrow night. George Springer, um, Jordan Alvarez, uh, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole. Uh, it, it takes a minute because I got to scroll down. Uh, Jazz Chisholm Jr. from Miami. Bryce Harper will not be there. Uh, Nolan Arenado will not be there. Starling Marte. Corbin Burns. Max Fried. Uh, Carlos Radon. Josh Hader. And that's it. But that that's a lot of names. Like, big names. If, even if you don't watch baseball, you just hear those names and you're like, oh, yeah, I know them. Uh, uh-huh. And they're just leaving it, it's starting to feel more like a backup situation of where the mlb has to like go run find people tell them that they're they're coming last minute get a flight to la you better be here or or else you know it, i mean what are your thoughts about all these guys sitting out i mean is it i i is it good for them to sit out for this or is it like hurting the sport a little bit i mean it it kind of reminds me of the pro bowl a little bit, um, you know, like Josh Allen got in on the alternate, which is still fraud- very fraudulent in my opinion, but um, he wanted to sit out. I mean, these guys probably don't have the same motivation as he did to sit out, but I think it does hinder it. That's a rating thing right there, and everyone wants to see their favorite players all together from all these different teams, you know, um, and it's just, it's, I feel like it hurts it a little bit because you know, I, I'm a Yankees fan, and if Garrett Cole's not there, I'm. You know what I mean? Like, it, I have less. I'm less enticed to watch it. You know, so just like I can definitely see it hurting ratings in the sport for sure. I mean, it's good for them, but not good for the game because I mean, you you know, with any All Star game, there's always the risk. You know, in any sport, if some freak injury happened, like maybe you make one wrong step and you tear your ACL, so. You know, it's understandable for them. I mean, at the end of the day, they're not in it for all-star appearances and individual accolades, at least most of them. They're trying to, you know, win championships in their respective sports. So I understand not wanting to, you know, put yourself, you know, at risk of any unnecessary injury. But, of course, then, you know, the fan interest is going to go plummeting down. So I totally understand why they do it. But, yeah, it's really not good for the game. Yeah, no, definitely. When you don't have your star players participating in, you know, the big time start events, it can, you know, hurt the sport one way or another. And baseball is a sport that needs its stars playing uh, just because it's, you know, it's not on the level of the NFL and at the most parts of uh, the NBA. But if it can get its stars in those games and, you know, those personalities come about, uh, you know, that'd be great for the sport. Uh, that's basically all I have for MLB talk. I mean... That's that's all that's going to happen for the next two days. I mean, celebrity softball matchup, we already talked about. Future games happen, so that's where the teams get to look at the prospects more. Um, nothing really exciting out of there, except... Um, oh, there was one thing. Last night, 
started the MLB draft. Nobody talks about it because it's like hidden in <laughs> everything else. They don't really like push it out. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I didn't see anything about that. No, anywhere. you barely see anything except for like um, the teams do tweet tweet out who um, gets picked, but besides that, it's it's basically hidden. I mean, that kind of hurts in a way because all the other leagues uh, try to promote it in some way. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. And we'll, you know, we're gonna be wrapping up soon here and stuff, but. Uh... You know, overall, I thought this was a great show today. We talked a little bit about, you know, the Madden uh, ratings as well. Speaking of another one, uh, Dawson Knox is an 83, which is has him at the 11th best tight end in football, which I th- I think is fine. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's bad at all. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's a great show overall. And the shows, the shows are only going to get better uh, throughout the rest of the summer and the rest of the fall going into the winter. You know when uh, when NHL or NFL training camp is upon us, preseason, just the regular season in general. That's when you know all of us really get energetic about things uh, because that's when we can all get on the NFL topic. Because uh, you know there's certain sports we all like in general, like we all love the NFL, so we're always going to be energetic and uh, passionate about that. But you know there's certain sports like you know Tanner isn't the biggest hockey guy, or you know Joe isn't the biggest basketball guy. Same with Dan, or we're all not the biggest baseball guys. But when we all come collective on one sport, and that is football. Uh, it really just makes the show a lot better, and that's when the the fans call in and just really gets us going. And you know, we'll take a lot of callers next week as well. If you guys want to call, um, the phone line at eight seven eight fifty one zero four for next show. Uh, you know, but it was a great show though overall. And you know, you guys just want to throw out your uh, Twitter handles real quick. Yes, sir. On Twitter at TJ Saunders two zero zero zero, and at IG at Tanner underscore Saunders two zero zero zero. You can find me on Twitter at the Buffalonian on Instagram at Joe Cali. Sorry about that, Dan. I don't get to promote anything, do I? Um, <laughs> you already got your shameless plug. You no, no, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, on Twitter at double underscore d capital W V M Y. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Evan H. 716. Uh, and this has been The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. We'll see you guys next Monday.